Get his thoughts on the officiating in the AFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, Izzo, Michigan State Hoops, and more. Tim Stout from Stout on Sports, which is heard weekday mornings at 10 a.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Huge show weeknights at 6 p.m. tape delayed. Tim Stout joins us. How you doing, Timmy? Good, Bill. How are you today? Good. Uh, what was the response this morning about uh, the calls and the lack of the calls last night in the Kansas City Bengals game? Well, the only one that really drew any kind of, you know, response from those who are listening was the, you know, the personal foul at the end of the game on the out-of-bounds hit, which led to a shorter field goal. And I don't bring it up very often, Bill, because to me in sports at any level, you know, this is 30 years of radio with this this crazy show. And every single year, all I hear about is the lousy officiating in basketball at any level and the lousy officiating in football at any level. OK, so, I mean, I'm so used to it that I claim it is a part of the fabric and you have to deal with it one way or the other, whether you think it's going against you. And a lot of people think, it, you know, when they get a call that goes their way, they don't really think about it the same way. I thought it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, that that play at the end of the Cincinnati-Kansas City game occurred. But then I also thought this morning with the staff that they didn't call that, okay? And if Cincinnati would have gone on to win the game in overtime, all I would have heard about today is the lousy officiating in the NFL because they didn't call an obvious personal foul out of bounds. I think there's some plays in sports, especially at the ultimate level, where these calls are so close to make and there's so many good video replays because of the technology and depending on who you're either betting on or rooting for, it's just not going to look good to you. And, you know, I mean, it's that way in the Michigan State-Purdue game to start the day, and it was that way at the end of the day, which ended the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. So I don't really get nearly as worked up about it. The only thing I don't like is the long, the time it takes on these replays. In my world, in any of these sports, these officials have 60 seconds. At the end of 60 seconds, and it's a hard 60, if if they haven't decided to overturn the call and any sport, whatever it is, then whatever was called, uh, you know, during play, that's what's going to stand. But whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. I had a listener last night when everybody was going nuts on Twitter after the Chiefs won the AFC title that, like they used to have, it used to be a straight 15-yard penalty for hitting the kicker or punter, and then they adjusted it to running into a 5-yarder and a 15-yarder that maybe. And something you just mentioned with the ability to review, maybe those personal fouls need to be looked at because they are so close to the line or there's the white beyond the white line and and, and it's close that maybe you look at it and they become a five or 15. Well, I have no idea, Bill, what targeting is. I have no idea. They don't call it in the NFL. NFL, if you look at college football, they call targeting a lot. They never call it in the NFL, rarely. And there's a million helmet-to-helmet hits of some type. I have no idea what pass interference is. When I grew up and we played, the, the defender cannot touch the receiver. It's as simple as that. You can, Now, these guys just elbow each other all the way down the field, and it's a judgment call, in my opinion, okay, as to whether somebody pushed off or it's pass interference or whatever. It used to be the only way was if you went after the ball, okay, and you arbitrarily touched the guy. Now, I mean, I can't can't tell what's defensive. The only one I see where I think they're pretty good at it is holding because when they get holding calls and then they show the replay, some guy got grabbed, some guy got tackled, and they get the face mask thing. I think they get that pretty well at the same time. 
But on a lot of these other calls, like you just said, it used to be if you hit the kicker, it's 15 yards. There's no issue. It's 15 yards. Now we got degrees of how hard you hit them or didn't. And with the new rule on that, you know, at five yards, you may, it's not a personal foul. So you might have fourth and eight, and if you punt it and you got hit, and it's a five-yard penalty, now you got fourth and three, and you got a decision to make, and now it's a judgment call, and somebody's always mad that it's a bad call. It just, it's sports. It just, I mean, it, I don't like it, but it is what it is. And then we got replays on all of these doggone calls, which are endless. So... Yeah, you got to deal with it. You got to tolerate it one way or the other. I thought it was unfortunate the way the thing ended with a play like that last night. Not that it was wrong, but it it just I I, I just think it's unfortunate the way that it ended. But I thought if they don't call that, you know, and that flag came in a little bit late too. And if they don't call that, you know, and then Cincinnati wins, you can imagine the uproar around America today. Tim Stout never creates an uproar with Stout on Sports, which is heard weekday mornings, 10 a.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Uh, where are you at on this uh, Izzo going after the officials? I'm talking afterwards, talking about Edie and no three-second uh, calls on him that he just parks his, his 7-2 frame down there, maybe even taller, uh, and this basketball team. Uh, now as they go through the final stretch, pushing for an NCAA tournament spot and better seating in the Big Ten tournament. Well, I've long felt, Bill, that, uh, you know, when you're a team of Michigan State's basketball reputation, when they go on a road, they're everybody's big game. They're just everybody's big game. But Tom's been in the league 28 years, and he's animated, okay? Everybody knows that, and it's harder to win on the road. So when he gets, you know, at Indiana last week, the crowd gets into it, crowd gets into it. Okay, State's here. We're going to beat State. We're going to beat this. So now at Purdue, you know, we got a whiteout for 14,000. The place is going nuts. You know, State's here. This is a team you want to this is the big game. They're everybody's big game. And when Tom gets mad or he gets animated, that just, to me, and you know, just amps up that crowd uh, even more. What I think Purdue's done with Edie is brilliant. I mean, they're taking advantage of what he's allowed to how he's allowed to play has not hurt Purdue in any way, shape, or form. Now, whether that's going to continue in the NCAA tournament, because now you've got different officials, whether that's the same for him, where I think, first of all, I think Purdue's going to lose Saturday at Indiana, because they're going to be the big game down there, and I think Indiana matches up with them much better. And those freshman guards for Purdue are going into a cauldron, because now Purdue's everybody's big game when they get on the road. But I think they've used Edie brilliantly, because everybody gripes and complains about what he gets away with, but the fact of the matter is what's called is called and he's a good free throw shooter and he's scoring at will. What surprises me to this point is that more teams don't try to zone him because man to man nobody's beating him except for the Rutgers game and that was by one point. They've won every other game with all these teams playing him man to man. I'm not saying zone is absolutely automatically going to shut him down but why not try something different when the guy is scoring at will on you plus the fact Purdue is very good at knowing what he can and can't do uh, it relative to the officiating, and he's a good free-throw shooter. I mean, he, you know, that's where they go. Now, in the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, when they face faster, quicker, more athletic teams, which I believe they will on a neutral floor separate from these Big Ten teams, which I don't think are nearly as good for the most part, as they go through the tournament when with one-game knockouts, it could get to where he gets a little more tired, might get another foul, and those freshman guards are going to have to shoot to keep them in those games because the pressure is going to be on Purdue if they're anywhere near where they are. I'm not saying they can't win at all. I'm not sure that they can win six straight games against neutral competition in the NCAA tournament. But that's a ways off yet, too, because we're not even into February yet. 
Yeah, I look at their schedule. There's Minnesota, there's at Nebraska, there's at Michigan. Uh, I think they're going to find their way uh, to Selection Sunday unless there's just a total collapse. But I will say, looking at schedules this year for at least Michigan and Michigan State, two unranked teams, Timmy, every game looks like, okay, yeah, it's at Nebraska. I don't know if that's a guaranteed W. What Michigan State team's going to show up? What Michigan team? I'm not putting them on an equal uh, playing level. I don't think Michigan's going to the tournament. They could struggle to make the NIT. They could lose out uh, when I look at their schedule. And I think John Howard will be on the hot seat uh, next year. But for Izzo and the Spartans, who were unranked before the season, when you look at real expectations, uh, I, I do think they can find their way to the tournament. And then from there, you know, it's March, it's Izzo, and you never know. It depends on what bracket, what region, and where you're sent and who you're playing. It, it does. I think they have to stay healthy, especially those guards. If they lose one of those guards, and I think it really is going to be difficult in a lot of ways. But they have five road games left, and I think every one of those games is going to be difficult on the road. Not saying they can't win them. You know, I mean, they've got Iowa, they got Nebraska, they have Michigan, they have Rutgers, and they have Maryland. I think all five of those because they're going to be everybody's big game again. And I think basketball at this level, at the college level, is such a home and away sport. They have four home games left. I think they'll beat Ohio State on senior day in Minnesota. I'm going to give them those two. The other two, uh, Maryland and Indiana, especially Indiana. Now, the Indiana game's a 9 o'clock game, and what happened to State at Indiana could turn right back around and hurt Indiana, and State could beat them by 13 at home. Indiana's finally ranked in the top 25 this week because, you know, I'm a little different, Bill. I like Edie, but when I hear guys like CBS's people say that Edie's the runaway national player of the year. I'm not convinced that he's even the Big Ten player of the year because there's still half a season to go. The guy that I like in this league who I'd take first is Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. I think he's going to get uh, drafted a lot higher. I think he's got a lot broader talent base. I think he's the guy that's got Indiana turned around because he's healthy and he's more assertive. And I think it's going to be interesting Saturday in Bloomington when Trace Jackson Davis goes against Edie, especially with a game in Bloomington. He seems to have turned a, a corner and he's got a different gear now. I, I think, Bill, he's a really good player. And that's why Indiana now is ranked number 21. They they play in East Lansing. They're going to have a hard time winning. They're providing states healthy. But I agree with you to your point. I think state's going to make the tournament somehow, some way. Michigan, the only game I see Michigan having to hang in there with, they'll play state tougher nails at Ann Arbor. I mean, Michigan's got a lot of issues, as we all know. But you know doggone well they'll play state hard in Ann Arbor trying to avenge what happened in East Lansing. But Dickinson's got to play better, man. I mean, anybody had six points at Penn State. Come on. You know, if the guy wants to play in the NBA, he's going to lead the NCAA for the most years played college basketball that he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be in the NBA because he may end up having to come back next year if nobody's going to take him. And I don't think he's had a very good year for what he hoped for at all, at least to this point at the end of January. That goes back to NIL money. And, uh, you know, you've seen it in some programs at the college level in football, and I think it's there in basketball. When you're getting paid and there's guaranteed money, What's driving you right now and the ebb and flow, the ups and downs of Dickinson at times, he looks like he's regressed against Purdue. I thought he played very well most of that game and it's on the coaching and Juan Howard has said that publicly and I believe it is the Big Ten. You are making big money. It is Michigan. He won't be fired after this season, even if they would lose out uh, next year. He will need that rebound year and that tells you when a coaching staff has the ears and hearts of their team 
and how they bounce back, and we'll see what Michigan uh, does next year. But I don't think they're going to the tournament unless there's a miracle run to end the season on the regular season schedule or a miracle run to win the Big Ten tournament. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports. Hear him weekday mornings, 10 a.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Huge show is heard tape-delayed weeknights at 6 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Timmy, good to hear your voice. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, Bill. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Talk to you again soon. All right, Tim Stout from Lansing.